Thank you for listening to Sozo Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Sozo Church, visit sozospokane.com. Amen. Good morning, Sozo. How's everybody doing this morning? Tired, apparently. How's everybody doing this morning? All right. You're awake. I'm glad. Um, Good to be in the house. Good to be with you. My name is Mark. My wife and I serve as lead pastors here at Sozo. It's my privilege uh, each week to uh, to get to open God's Word with us and and to teach it. Um, I'll just I'll just say what I believe, which is my job is better than your job. Neener, neener. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for coming. That's my way of saying thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, it's a good day to be in the house. Uh, real fast, um, I want to give an update on Emmanuel. Uh, we're excited for Emmanuel. Nine of you are mildly interested in Emmanuel. I mean, not lie. Uh, for those of you unaware of what Emmanuel is, uh, this year uh, Christmas happens to fall on a Sunday. And uh, while, while uh, we were praying and seeking the Lord, he brought a word to us as, as uh, elders, as, as, our, as your leadership team here, uh, and asked us to produce and procure airtime to air a 30-minute uh, program, a broadcast on television, uh, preaching the gospel and giving people a chance to hear the gospel and encounter the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, by the grace of God, we have, we have done that. So, uh, on Christmas Sunday... Uh, on KHQ at 10 a.m. and at 3 p.m., uh, there will be this broadcast, 30 minutes. Um, broadcast will go out. There's also a rebroadcast at 11.35 uh, p.m. in case you just uh, drank too much coffee and you're still awake at 11.30 on a Sunday, Christmas day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's also, we did get questions about this. It's also going to be streaming on uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, meeting with the team this week, we got some volunteers putting together a website for us, so you should be able to easily push people toward that. Couple quick things that I want to relay. Uh, first off, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This church is marvelously, outrageously, ridiculously generous. Uh, on top of the normal giving, which is already crazy generous at this church, amen? Um, you all were, were able, uh, including some, uh, you know, kind of extraordinarily large gifts and just regular faithful being obedient gifts, all of it total, we were able to raise $70,000 to be able to do this broadcast. So let's thank Jesus for that. Um, uh, and no, none of the staff are buying Teslas. Uh, we're using all of that money um, to, uh, to, to, to promote the broadcast, to, to build follow-up curriculum, to do all that we need to do. Um, speaking of uh, promotional material, uh, that's part of where you come in, amen? Uh, Here's what one thing I learned uh, when planting a church. We, we planted a church. Uh, we also merged churches, so I, I've, I've done both of those things. And in planting a church, we, we planted, uh, there's a lot of really good teaching and instruction and principles out there on how to plant a church, and we listened to um, none of them. Uh, we, 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 uh, I used to say we did it the hard way, and then I found out all church planting's hard. So I had to be honest and say we did it the dumb way. Uh, <laughs> 
The, the, the smart way is like get a bunch of people excited about your church plant, get them to move to your town that you're going to be in, raise a whole bunch of money, and then essentially start your church that's already started and invite people from your city. We decided to do it the dumb way, which was just move to a city with no money and only one, other, uh, one and a half other couples dumb enough to just do that. Uh, I say one and a half because Robert and Marissa uh, moved with us, but they weren't Robert and Marissa at that time. They were just Robert and Marissa. So uh, be a part of a church plant team. Maybe you'll find your spouse. Um, and, uh, and, and we moved here with no money. Here's something we learned very quickly when it comes to do, doing things uh, outreach-oriented. 100% of everybody that doesn't know that you're doing something will not watch it. Building a church is not like the field of dreams. If you build it, no one's going to come. Uh, there's no guarantee people are going to show. We, we, you know, I was used to being in a church. There's people around, so we just put on services. And we're like, who'd you invite? Nobody. Who'd you invite? Nobody. Well, that's probably why nobody showed up. Um, and certainly we're going to be doing television broadcasts, uh, advertisements, all that kind of stuff. But we want you to be a part of that as well. We want you to get to, to sew into that. So promotional materials will be showing up starting next Sunday. Uh, so... so Show up here and be a part of that. Be, be handing those things out. Be putting those things up. If you've got a business, we got posters coming. If you know a business, we got posters coming. If you're just a youth that wants to vandalize stuff, we have posters coming. Um, we got cards to be able to hand out. It, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, the, other, the other piece, though, that we want to bring you up to speed on is, uh, is how we can be praying together. Amen? Prayer's good. Uh, I, I have a, a principle upon which I build my life. More prayer is better than less prayer. It's complicated, I know. More prayer, better than less prayer. Uh, here's my heart as a pastor, though. I do not want to communicate in any sense of the imagination that if we don't pray, God's not going to do something. God's going to do what God's going to do. Prayer aligns our heart, come on, with what he's going to do. Uh, we're not begging God to bless this. He's doing it. Trust me, I've tried to, the last thing I ever wanted to be, next to last thing, on the lowest part of the list of what I ever wanted to be was a TV preacher. Um, my wife doesn't wear enough makeup. I don't have enough gold chairs. Uh, I don't own a, a double-breasted three-piece suit. Um, and I refuse to let little old ladies give me their social security check. I'm just not a good TV preacher. Um, and, and so the last thing I want to do, I tried all along the way to tank this thing. I'm not kidding. I, 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 someday when I'm feeling more vulnerable, I will share this with you. Uh, all the things I tried to do to make this not happen and God just continued to open doors. So we're not praying that God would bless it. We're praying that God would prepare us for what he's going to do. Amen. So here, as we've sort of prayed and sought the Lord, here's what we're asking God to do to prepare our hands, our hearts and homes. Cause I have an alliteration problem. Um, Hands, hearts, and homes. And so there's three. Hands, hearts, and homes. But we're also asking him to prepare three different groups of people. He asks him to prepare us as a church. Come on, we need preparation. Amen? We want him to prepare our hands. We want him to prepare our hearts. We want him to prepare our homes. I'll explain that here in a second. We also have partner churches throughout Washington, Idaho, and into Montana. They're going to be helping us reach the people in the towns where this is going to get broadcast, where we're not. Because again, I don't want to be a TV preacher. People need to go to a church. They don't need to watch church. Love everybody who's streaming at home. Love you. But people need to be in church. Amen? Uh, we, we want people to get plugged in, we want people to know. We're glad, we're, we're happy for technology. Let's people who are sick or whatever be home or have jobs that don't allow them to be here. Well, we're grateful for it. I'm not knocking it, but come on. There's something about, come on, what scriptures calls to do, which is the gathering of the saints, amen? 
And so we want people to find local churches and get plugged in. So we have partner churches, and then we want to be praying that God prepares the hearts of the people in our city. So let's go over these real fast, um, and you'll see these. They'll get sent out in weekly emails coming up and uh, publications and online stuff and all kind of craziness. So uh, a lot of the first two will be similar because we're doing the same work. But for us, for our hands, we're asking him to, to specifically right now, we're asking you to pray for our follow-up team. We got team leaders designated for that. We want to follow up with all the people that let us know that they are uh, being touched by the Lord and want to respond to that. We want to follow up with those people. Amen? Amen? So the team's getting built. If you're interested in being a part of that team, talk to my wife. She would love to help you find your place on that team. Um, and the teams that are going to be doing outreach, all that, we want to pray for those. We want to pray the same thing for our partner churches in our city. And this is really, really, really big to me. I'm excited. I mean, how, how, how transparent should I be? I've always been 100%, and it's only gotten me in this much trouble so far, so let's just keep going. Um, I think I can be honest and say I'm equally as excited about the stuff that God's going to do that we're not going to know about until eternity, right? Like, I mean, like, there's stuff that's going to happen to this, and you're like, no clue, don't even know what happened ever. I'm super excited about that. I'm also excited about those that, that are going to, to want help and, and want to, to, to find a local church, find a community of faith to get plugged into, Amen. And so uh, we've been warned by people uh, that do this stuff more regularly than us, churches that are more active in this sort of arena than we are, that it is extremely hard to get people to do what they call like digitally raise their hand, to kind of identify themselves. They watched it online, they watched it on TV to get them to raise their hand. We want to pray that if God's moving in people's hearts, come on, we want, we want them to raise their hand. We have a website they're going to go to, they're going to just fill out a simple form and it's going to let us follow up with them. So we want to pray for that. So, so our hands, our partner church's hands, the city's hands, also hearts. Uh, that we would have God's heart, come on, for those he's reaching. I'm going to say that again because you need to hear it. We need to have God's heart for those he's reaching. They might not smell as good as you. Some of y'all don't smell as good as some of the other of y'all. So that's fine. We're used to it, right? Um, but we want to we have the heart of the Father for those that he is calling us to reach. We want to pray that same thing for our, our partner churches um, and that God would work in the hearts and move in the hearts of those within the city. Amen? And then our homes. Let me, let me try to apply this. I, I, we, we're going to need to make space, come on, for those that are coming in. For the people, for the families that are coming in. Uh, we're gonna, we're specifically our church, we're going to need new groups to start up. So if you're a member of this house and you've been wondering if you should start a belong group, I have a word from the Lord for you. His answer is yes and amen. <laughs> if you say you don't know how, we will train you. If you say you don't want to be trained, you can have a group anyways. Um... She didn't say no. Um, this is the danger of having the teaching pastor not be the, the one who actually runs stuff around here, because I could just say whatever I want uh, and get myself in trouble. So uh, we, we need groups, classes. We need volunteers. We're going to have to grow all of our teams. If you've been hanging out, we love you. If you've just been hanging out and watching and, and kind of being a part, that's great. We love you. We hope you're being blessed. But come on, find a team, get plugged in, volunteer somewhere. We're going to need it. Amen? Pray the same thing for our partner churches and then for the city. Come on, that God would manifest his presence in their homes. Amen? Come on, if God doesn't move, then none of this is worth anything. But how many of us believe, and I need to hear you, that God's going to move? I didn't think, I don't think that he, he had us do all this just to put on a TV show and, you know, whatever. He did it, come on, to glorify his name, to draw people to Jesus, to see our city transformed. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Series through John. We're going to get into it today. I'm excited about this word. Um, 
let's just jump. Let's just get to work. We've, we've done a lot. So we're, we're going to read a couple different passages in John, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna have fun. Uh, if you've got a Bible, John chapter 14, verses 18 through 19, then we're going to jump to John chapter 16. We're just going to read verse 7, then verses 12 through 16. I uh, just did that to confuse myself and you. Let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word. We love the Bible around here. Amen. Somebody does. Uh, we love Jesus. Come on, we love the Bible not because we're religious folks, but because through the Bible we see and hear Jesus. Amen? Amen. We don't love the Bible for the Bible. We love the Bible for what it does. Amen? Yeah. All right. John chapter 14, verse 18. Jesus speaking here. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while... And the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. And that day, you will know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go ahead and jump now to John chapter 16, verse, what did I say? We're going to read 7 and then jump to 12. Jesus, again, still speaking here to his disciples in this private little conversation he's having. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Everybody say the helper. helper. Jump to verse 12. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Verse 16. A little while and you will see me no longer. And again a little while and you will see me. Can we pray together this morning, church? You pray with me? Come on, can we thank Jesus for his word? Jesus, we thank you. Come on, we, we individually, together as a group, we thank you right now for your word. God, thank you for the word that you've given us that allows us to tune the, 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 the hearing of our ears to the frequency of your voice. God, we thank you that, that your word is a gift to us, that the Bible is a gift to us, and we ask now that you would take that gift and, and use it for its intended purpose, which is to reveal Jesus. Spirit of the living God, come and reveal Jesus to our hearts this day. Give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, eyes to see. Lord, you say that there's, there's a way of seeing you that isn't seeing you, but there's a way of seeing you that is seeing you. We want to see you, Lord. We want our perception of you to be corrected so that it can be correct. We don't want our, our view of you to be what we make you into be. We want to see the truth. So every scale come off our eyes right now in Jesus' name. Every hindrance out of our ears, every hard ground, every rocky soil tilled in our hearts right now to receive your word, that it might go deep within us, that it might produce fruit in our lives, that we might be transformed by what we hear this day because we become doers of what we hear this day, not just hearers. We reject religious garbage and we say we're going to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. 
Now, I come against intellectual stimulation today. But we don't want to be stimulated intellectually. We want your impartation today. We want your heart today. Holy Spirit, we want you today. So have your way. You're God. We're not. It's all about you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Come on, everybody said? Amen. Will you greet somebody around you real fast and then grab yourself a seat? Amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and grab your seats. Um, this morning, uh, mm-hmm. if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, I um, want to talk to you this morning. Um, this is, again, another one of those Sundays where I just want to talk to us as, as a church. Uh, so I want to talk to you if you need a title, Honor and Judgment. Honor and judgment. Um, praying over these last few weeks, I uh, feel like the Lord's asking me to, to wrap up John chapter 16 this year. Uh, so hooray, we'll, we made it through two whole chapters in a year. Um, you're welcome. Uh, I said I liked my job. I didn't say I was good at my job. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so what I want to do this morning is just take one final I hope y'all can hear what I'm saying. Not preacher look at where we've been, but pastorally look at where we've been. T- to come along as, as, the, as the one called to, to kind of be the lead shepherd in this house, to kind of stop us for a second and just kind of look at where we've been, look at the sort of terrain that we've been in one last time before uh, we sort of wrap up this chapter in the next two weeks. Um, see, my... my as we've looked at this, just, just to remind us, we, we've really, John chapters 15 and 16 are really Jesus sort of uh, letting us in on kind of the, the secret of why he came and, and really helping us understand that ultimately what he was about to uh, bring to fulfillment through his passion was not just uh, what churchianity tells us, which is that he died so you don't have to go to hell. How many, how many Christians in the room, I need to hear you, are happy you don't have to go to hell? be honest with you, I, I, st- I it's sort, of a, sort of a controversy several years ago around what does the Bible teach about hell. I, I did a deep dive at that time into all of the orthodox views of hell. Uh, very diverse. There's a lot of diversity in the church around hell. Here's what I've told you before. I'll keep telling you. I've read all of them. I've listened to all of them. I don't want to go to any of them. Like none of them sound good to me. Um, so I'm, I'm, I rejoice at that piece of our redemption. But to limit, come on, our redemption to just that is to grossly leave out glory that is due to Jesus for all that he's accomplished for us. And so Jesus has been letting us in on part of that, which is, is that through what he has done in coming, in living, in being obedient, in dying, in resurrecting, and in being ascended and enthroned in heaven, part of what happens in that is we get caught up in that and we get brought, as we've seen, into the very heart of God and we begin to live out of the place where our Genesis was. Humanity was birthed out of the heart of God. Let us make man, come on, in our image, he says in Genesis. 
And Jesus says he's come to bring us back. He talks about us abiding in him as a branch abides, abides in a vine, how the Father is caring for the vine, and therefore us as branches get caught up into that. And then he goes on and he, he brings us to the place where we've been, which is that Holy Spirit comes, come on, to live in us and for us to live in him. He ultimately lets us know that, that Holy Spirit is the one that's going to be sort of the administrator of this relationship that we will have of abiding in him and him in us. That Holy Spirit will be the one that is present here in this plane of existence. And I say all that because pastorally my concern is that we will attempt to function in our heavenly sonship, in our kingdom sonship, in our divine relationship with God. We'll, we'll attempt to live as sons of God, absent or ignorant of Holy Spirit's role in our life. And here's what I need you to understand. That is futility. You, you, you cannot live as sons of God absent from the Spirit of God. I hope, I hope you've, I'm not going back and preaching all this. I just hope you have heard that in the midst of all of this. You, you can't do it. It's impossible. I've been studying Genesis just in my own personal reading, and, and I saw something that, let me see how far I can push you. Let's see how weird you can handle this morning. Reading through Genesis, Genesis 2.18. God says, it's not good for man to be alone. So what the text says is this. It's not good for man to be alone, so I'll make him a helper suitable for him. Can I, can I push that a little bit? Can I New Testament that a second? Yes, that absolutely means directly, direct. Uh, application, interpretation of that verse is that, that, that man at that time, humanity was, was single in its gender. There was only man. There's some arguments anthropologically about what was going on there. I'm not going to get into that. But, but ultimately he says, hey, it's not good for man. Ultimately what that verse really says in Hebrew is this. It's not good for humanity to be all one. So I'm going to make two. I'm going to separate. There, there's a need for this. Yes, the application there is husbands and wives. Absolutely application, okay? So, so don't email me saying that I'm not teaching you what that means. But can I say that I think there's a New Testament spiritual application to that as well. You're all aware that often in the Old Testament there's, there's, there's dual applications. That's why, that's why we'll see the apostles pull things from the Old Testament and say it applies to this. You go, it seems a little weird, but they have apostolic authority to do that. They're, they're applying this. Here's what I think. Understanding that Holy Spirit is God, okay? I believe in the same way that it wasn't good for humanity to be all one, for mankind to be singular, but we needed a helper, I think that is a reference to what Jesus says here. You need a helper. Come on. But, but this time, come on, before he made the helper suitable for us, now, oh, come on, Jesus makes us suitable for the helper. He does all that is required to make us able to receive, come on, Holy Spirit. He says, look, right now you are unable to receive him. You can't do it. But what I'm about to accomplish is going to make you able to receive him. We need, come on, Holy Spirit. You cannot do kingdom living absent from Holy Spirit. I just, I just love you enough to tell you that. Try harder doesn't work. Religious people get really mad at that because religious people have gotten really good at pretending like trying harder works. But it doesn't. You can modify your behavior, but you can't change your heart. We need, holy, we need the Spirit of God to come. 
That's my general concern for, for, for Christianity. For us as a church specifically, for specifically for Sozo, I fear that we will fail to honor Holy Spirit and instead choose to sit in our own judgments and our own skepticism about what he's going to do. I think, honestly, I think we have hammered the nail of you need Holy Spirit enough that I don't worry too much about us as a people. Individually, sure, but as a people, I don't think that's where we're going to, I don't think that's the side of the ditch we're going to fall into. I see our ditch is this, that we'll get so comfortable with what Holy Spirit's doing that we'll fail to honor what he's doing. And when we fail to honor, here's what ends up happening. We decide that we're going to sit in the seat of judgment and judge what God's doing rather than honor what God is doing. And as we sit in that seat of judgment, inevitably what ends up happening is we become skeptical of all that God is doing. So my exhortation to you, if I'm your pastor, if this is your church, is to honor Holy Spirit and abandon judgment. Now I can already hear Bible thumpers, but doesn't the Bible tell us to judge every spirit? Yes. Absolutely. The Bible tells us to judge every spirit. First John chapter four tells you to judge every spirit. And do you know what the, 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 do you know what the, the, the matrix through which you're supposed to judge the spirits? It's whether it makes you uncomfortable or not. If the moving of God makes you uncomfortable, it's absolutely not God. Cause God would never do anything to make you uncomfortable. No. If it's weird, it's not God. That's in the Bible. No, it's not. Literally, 1 John 4 says this, judge every spirit. If it points to Jesus, accept it. Take what's good from it. That's it. So there's your judgment. There's your your verse on judgment. Not sit back and sit in a seat of judgment and decide what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. No, 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 no. We, We are to judge every spirit. Amen? Can we agree that Holy Spirit is God and that it's not maybe the wisest idea for you to judge God? (laughs) Honor and welcome Holy Spirit. Abandon our judgments. I talked about 1 John 4. Let 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 me hammer this though. Ephesians chapter 4 starting in verse 30 tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 20, I'm not going to go there, I don't have time, tells us that we ought not to quench, which literally means to extinguish or stifle the Holy Spirit. That we should accept prophecy, we should judge in order that we might hold to what is good. Outside of my wife, I've yet to find anything that's all good. So you can either choose to say, well, if it's not all good, I'm not going to receive it, and therefore, you're never going to receive anything. Or we can say, you know what, I'm going to learn how to be a grown-up and eat chicken wings. Right? You have to be a grown-up. Kids eat nuggets. Adults can eat chicken wings. Kids need everything mashed up and malleable and just kind of bland and whatever, and they just go ahead and eat it because that's easy. Or vegan nuggets if you're a child. Um, but come on, when, when you grow up, you learn how to eat around some bones. Amen? You learn how to get the good stuff. Come on. And leave the stuff that's not good for you. We got to grow up and learn how to, yes, judge, but that judgment is not sitting and going, you know, I don't like this, so I'm not going to participate in it. Or let, let, me, let me put it to you the way y'all really say it. Well, that's, that's just not my personality. You know, I've been studying uh, uh, 
Psalms. And nowhere in the commandments to worship in the Psalms does it say, if you like doing this. There are no like, hey, everybody who likes to dance, you should dance. Everybody who is not uncomfortable with the way their hands look should lift them. No. The commandment is to sing. Not if you can sing. It just says sing. We're called to do this. We're called to be obedient. We are called, come on, to engage in what God is doing. We're called to hold to what is good, not complain about what is bad. Amen? I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, have, I have accidentally tried to eat a chicken bone once. I didn't like it. So eating a chicken wing was one of the broken ones, and I took a big bite. It was bone in it. It was not good. But the chicken wings are still good. I still eat lots of chicken wings. You can probably tell. They're delicious. Got to hold to what is good. So how, how do we do this? How, how, do we, how do we honor Holy Spirit? This is where I want to spend our time this morning. How do we honor Holy Spirit? Here's what I want to do. I want to look at two accounts. Two accounts in the Gospel of John. Don't want to leave the Gospel of John. I want to stay, stick, stick here, but want to look at two accounts. And here, here's why. My concern is this. That Christians, hear me please, hear me please. That Christians will treat Holy Spirit the way the crowd and the Jews treated Jesus. That they'll, they'll happily come and watch. But they're not going to walk with him and they're not going to worship him. I'll watch him. I'll, hey, look, I'm cool. If Holy Spirit wants to do stuff, like I'll, I'll, I'll watch. That's cool. But I'm certainly not going to engage my heart in it. I'm certainly not going to engage my physical being into it. No, that's, that's weird. I don't want people to think I'm weird. Listen, listen, listen. You are officially attending a church that ought to change its name to the Island of Misfit Toys. You are already thought to be weird. I want to look at two accounts. I want to look at two accounts in the Gospel of John. And I'm, I'm going to read these out of the Passion because I can. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. This is, this is Mary anointing Jesus' feet. John 1 through 8, if you're taking notes and you want to write it down. It says this. Six days before the Passover, six days before the Passover began, Jesus went to Bethany, the town where he had raised Lazarus from the dead. I love how it just like mentions that. It's important to the context, but I just loved it. Like, oh yeah, I mean, the, the guy that Jesus raised from the dead. Verse 2. They had prepared supper for Jesus. Mary served and Lazarus and Mary, or sorry, Martha served and Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with nearly, nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. But Judas, the locksmith, Simon's son, the betrayer, spoke up and said, What a waste! We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. In fact, Judas had no heart for the poor. He only said this because he was a thief and in charge of the money, in charge of the money case, he would steal money whenever he wanted from the funds given to support Jesus' ministry. Jesus, says, Jesus said to Judas, leave her alone. 
She has saved it for the time of my burial. You'll always have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. Can, can, can we see here that the reason why John mentions Lazarus, right? It happened in the previous chapter. We don't, we don't need a reminder, right? If you're, you understand that the, these, the, 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 the books of the Bible were, were written and people would just sit down and either read them in one sitting which I would greatly encourage you to do. If you've never done that to any book of the Bible, I would highly encourage you to do that. But, but they would read them. Or often even, they would get read as sermons in churches, in the early church. So that we're not in need of a reminder of what just happened in the last chapter. Why does John say it then? Holy Spirit, as John put it there, to remind us, that, or to show us rather, that Mary's response is a response to Jesus raising Lazarus. Again, I'm not going back and re-preaching the whole text, but, but Jesus raises Lazarus. Mary and Martha would have, have been w- without hope without their brother. History shows, church history shows us in the context of the, in, in the past, it shows us that, that they had no father and in that culture at the time, they would have been without male covering. I'm not saying that every woman needs a, a man in life. I'm not saying that you're a strong, confident, independent woman and you don't need a man. I get it. But I'm saying in the culture at the time, come on, don't throw rocks at me. Culture at the time, they would have been without hope. Jesus not only, here's what I'm trying to say, raised Lazarus from the dead, but in a sense, Jesus raised Martha and Mary from the dead. He brought their hope back to them. And so Mary now responds in gratitude, come on somebody, for what Jesus has done. How do we honor Holy Spirit? We honor when we show gratitude for all that he has done. Christian has the Holy Spirit done anything in your life? We ought to have hearts of gratitude toward him for that. Martha shows, or Mary shows this, and she breaks and sacrifices. Listen, listen, because of what he's done, and I love the way Jesus says this, and because he's there, he, he's present. Okay, let, let, me, let me make sure I'm pastoring us and I'm not getting too excited. Holy Spirit is always present with you. Scripture teaches us that there is, there, there is an anointing that abides. You abide in him, he abides in you. Jesus promises that he won't leave us as orphans, that he'll send one like himself. We read that, right? Send the Holy Spirit to us. He promises he'll never leave us or forsake us. But I'm talking to people who understand that I'm not just talking about his presence. Listen, listen, listen. I'm talking about his presentness. Come on, y'all know the difference between his presence and his presentness. When he makes himself known. What am I telling us? How do we honor Holy Spirit? When he makes himself known, come on, we respond. Jesus was there. Mary sees Jesus there. Her heart's filled with gratitude and she goes, I, 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 ha- I have to do something. I can't just sit here. I mean, she's happy to be at, t- at the table with Jesus, right? She's ex- she got invited to the party. Understand, this did not happen. Most biblical scholars believe this did not happen at Lazarus's house. This would have been at some party that some noble person, some, some high yuppity up person would have, would have put on a party to, to receive Jesus. And she gets to be there. I guarantee you, somebody in that crowd goes, you know, you should just be glad you're here. Just don't make a scene. I'm ta- I, I want to talk to some people who know that Holy Spirit has done something in their life and they can't help but make a scene. 
even if it means breaking some stuff. Come on, even if it means a sacrifice, some costliness. I, I worry that we will get too familiar, too comfortable with his presence, with his presentness. Come on, do we, do we do, I, I pray we don't need the Lord to send us back into a lockdown situation to remember what it was like to not be able to gather. Come on. To not be able to walk into a room and know, come on, that he is fulfilling his promise that wherever two or more gather, he's there. Come on, we got we to gotta, we gotta stay in a posture of honoring his presentness. When he shows up in a way that lets you know he's shown up, come on, you tracking with me? It's right for us to respond different. To act different. To, to move different. Don't get too familiar. Don't get too comfortable that, we, that you fail to honor when the moment happens. I've tried to teach this to us. He says that he, he gives bread to the eater. So how do you get him to keep giving you more bread? Keep eating. Keep honoring what he's giving. Don't get complacent. Don't get satisfied. Don't, don't sit back and go, yeah, 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 I've had that already. Heard this song already. Don't know this song. Don't like this worship team. Like the other worship team better. Come on, we laugh, but this is, this is what, I, I've been in church long enough. Come on. This is what happens to Christians. Well, I'll worship when, this, when they play the song I like. Hope they play one of the, you know, only get three shots. I hope they play one I like. If not, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to stand here. As if you raising your hands is for me. Y'all don't mind him. We'll just keep going. I, I, I thought about this. I'm, I'm, this, this, is, this is fresh ouch for me. This is just the way Abba talks to me. Blew me away when I read this again this week. She looks, come on, I need, I need you to track with me. She looked for an opportunity to pour out something on him. How often have I shown up here and gone, okay, God, what are you going to pour out on me? You want to know how we honor the Holy Spirit? You want to know how we honor God's presentness? We don't show up asking and expecting God to do something for us. We show up excited that we get to do something for him. That our worship, that the song we sing, that the way we love one another, the way we serve, the way we give, that the way we, whatever it might be, that, that thing is our opportunity. Come on, beloved, to pour out something on him. I got to, oh, oh, yeah, I've got this alabaster. Well, I mean, I was saying this is, again, I taught you this before. This was probably her dowry. It's probably the thing her father left her to make her marryable in, in that culture. And she just went, you know what? I'm going to edit myself. Forget it. <laughs> and she just poured it out. Breaks it open. Come on, I'm looking for a people 
that would try to find something that I could, you know what, when I step into his presence, I, I'm just excited to get to pour something out. If he doesn't do, if I don't feel anything, come on, if he doesn't, if, if nothing happens, if no movement happens, if, no, if I don't get any goosebumps, if they don't play the song I like, come on, if none of the promises I'm waiting to see fulfilled happen, I'm just glad I get the opportunity to pour out something on his feet. I'm just happy I get this, this chance. I'm glad I have this alabaster jar to break open. She sacrificially surrenders everything. She pours it out on his feet. It wasn't about, come on, it wasn't about what he was going to pour out on her. It was about what she was going to pour out on him. One of my, my, one of my favorite quotes from, from Smith Wigglesworth uh, that just offends religious people to no end, and I love it. It offended the snot out of me when I first heard it. I'm going to be honest with you. I was so angry when I heard this quote. I was like, that is so, No. And then I listened to it. Here's what he said. He was talking to somebody. The, the story goes this, that he was talking to somebody about, about the, the gathering they were going to have, the meeting they were going to have, revival was happening, awakening was happening, and, and he said, man, the Spirit's going to move tonight. And they said, how can you know that? What if the Spirit doesn't move? And here's what Smith Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, if the Spirit does not move, I will move the Spirit. Man, when I was in religion, that offended me so bad. Like, you can't move God. And then I read the Bible, and it's like all about how people move the heart of God. Come on, he wasn't saying that, like, if, if the Spirit doesn't move, I'll just manipulate people. That's how I heard it. What he was saying is this. It's not about me. The reason I know God's going to move is because I'm going to show up, and I'm going to pour something out on him, and I know the heart of my God enough to know that when I pour out, come on, he will not be outdone, and he pours back more than I pour out. I mean, nobody better believe in here that Jesus just left Mary to be poor for the rest of her life. Jesus took care of her. She poured it out because she knew she didn't need it. She had the one for which her heart had desired. She wasn't looking for her husband anymore. She found the one in whom her heart found delight. She didn't need this stuff anymore. It's amazing to me, though, how that kind of sacrificial surrender always, oh, come on, come on, always exposes judgment. Boom, Judas stands up like, hey, that's not really, that's, this is not decently in an order. Oh, yeah, you didn't want to say that, did you? This isn't, this, isn't, you know, this isn't how this should have gone down. Should have sold that, given it to the poor so I could steal their money. <laughs> this makes me uncomfortable. Here's, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Here's the truth, beloved. In those moments in my life, I've been my own Judas more than anybody else has. Is anybody, am I talking to anybody who knows what it's like to, that you, you step out, you do the thing, you break the alabaster jar, you pour it out, and then you go, man, I was dumb. I look like an idiot. Why did I, I? Look, y'all get to worship out there. Not, about 50% of the time I have to do it up here, so when I just start crying like an idiot, you just, everyone gets to see it. And now it's on the internet for all of time. <laughs> you know how quick it, I can jump out of Mary and be into Judas? Like, what were, you, what were you doing? That was so dumb. You made people uncomfortable. I literally, <laughs> I literally have family members that won't come to this church because they came to this church once. I started crying, and they're like, can't do it. You know how quick I want to go back and grab that and go, well, I should really compose myself more. But here's the thing. I know Abba enough to know that sometimes what he wants is my tears. 
And if that's what he wants, cool. I'm good with that. Even if, listen, even if none of my family ever goes here, I'm good with that. Come from Irish Catholics. I got lots of them. It's amazing how, how this kind of sacrifice exposes judgment. But here's the other thing that's amazing. It exposes judgment. But come on, when you honor like this, when you honor Holy Spirit like this, it transforms the atmosphere. I love the way the passion says this. She broke it open, right? And it filled the house. The fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. Oh, that our praise, come on, and our honor would fill this house and your house. You got a bad atmosphere, begin to honor. Begin to, begin to honor what he's done. Begin to allow a heart of gratitude to be extended toward him. Amen? Watch the atmosphere shift. Don't wait. Oh, come on, come on. I'm talking to some Christians. Don't wait for the atmosphere to shift and then say, I'll worship. Worship and watch the atmosphere shift. I mean this for church services, but I also mean this in your own life. You got an environment in which you are, an atmosphere in which you exist. It's just like, it ain't good, it ain't right. Begin to honor Holy Spirit in that environment. And I guarantee you, Scripture says that atmosphere will begin to shift, will begin to change. It's not, a, it's not hey, hey, come on, I'm not selling you anything, so I'll be honest with you. I'm not saying it's a quick fix all the time. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me how I can spend like 10 years being an idiot and causing damage in my life and then be angry that after I ate one salad, I didn't lose 26 pounds. So I, I, I picked up a two-pound dumbbell and I ate a salad. Why don't I look like Arnold in the 70s? Come on, the world, the world sells us microwave, pop a pill, happen quick. And listen, listen, we've tried it. It doesn't work. And we bring this Babylonian, this worldly fallen mindset into the kingdom and go, hey, Jesus, uh, I tried their pill and their microwave thing. It didn't work. Where's your pill and where's your microwave thing? And Jesus goes, no, I'm holy. I'm otherly. I'm not like that. I know their Slurpee made you sick. I'm not feeding you a Slurpee. I've prepared a banquet before you. Come on. So we honor, we praise. I just need to say this. We don't honor, listen, listen, hear me. We don't honor so that the atmosphere will change. We honor him and the atmosphere changes. Her response was moved by what he had done. We saw that? But here's where, here's where I want to go now. I want, to, I want to go real quick. You know what that means when a preacher says it, right? <laughs> Nothing. Doesn't mean anything. It means the same thing as an in closing. <laughs> Served under a pastor who used to say, and for my first closing, <laughs> he usually had about 12. Um, I, I want to go to another, another account that's also tied to a woman. I just realized that. Uh, we're not going to talk about what she, this is the woman at the well in John chapter 4. 
Um, again, sticking with the passion because I have it open. Um, this, is, this is the story of the woman at the well, which, uh, again, not going to go back and unpack it all. If you're familiar with it, if you're not, uh, Jesus meets a woman at the well in the middle of the day when she shouldn't have been there. Uh, he has a conversation with her, begins to expose all this crazy stuff in her life, begins to speak truth and life and love into her. And she gets so transformed by this one encounter with Jesus that she runs back to the people that she used to be afraid of, tells the entire city where she lives about Jesus, and they all come out to greet him. They all come out to meet him. And oh, by the way, this is a Samaritan village which would have not even wanted anything to do with Jews. And yet this Jewish rabbi shows up and all these people run out. And we pick up the story in verse 39. It says, so there were many, so there were many from the Samaritan village who became believers in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. But women aren't allowed to preach, the internet said. And yet an entire village... Oh, y'all don't want to talk about that. Okay, that's fine. He told me everything. <laughs> I love this. He told me everything I ever did. Here's the, no, he didn't. He just exposed her sin. But what does that show us? We wrap up our entire identity in our sin. She was so much more than that. And yet that simple act, he showed me everything. Verse 40. Then... Then, come on, then they what? Begged Jesus to stay with them. So he stayed there for two days, resulting in many more coming to faith in him because of his teaching. Catch that, underline that, circle that, grab that, because of his teaching. Verse 42, then the Samaritan said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you told us, but now we've heard him ourselves and are convinced that he really is the true savior of the world. On the third day, so he stayed there for two days. On the third day, uh, the third day, Jesus left there and walked to the province of Galilee, where he was raised. Now Jesus knew that prophets are honored everywhere they go, except their own hometown. Even so, as Jesus arrived in the province of Galilee, he was welcomed by the people with open arms. Sounds great, doesn't it? Many of them, it says, had been in Jerusalem during the Passover feast and had witnessed firsthand what? The miracles he performed. Very, very, very important. Jesus entered the village of Cana of Galilee, where he had trans <laughs> transformed the water into wine. My, I think it's my favorite miracle of Jesus. Just because it offends all the religious people. Because he's at a party, everyone's drunk, and what does Jesus do? I'm going to make him more wine. And he made him like one bottle. No, he made him 180 gallons of wine. I don't know how many people were there, but 180 gallons is a whole lot of wine. And there was a government official in Capernaum who had a son who was very sick and dying. And when he heard that Jesus had left Judea and was staying in Cana of Galilee, he decided to make the journey to Cana. When he found Jesus, he begged him, you must come with me to Capernaum and heal my son. 48. So Jesus said to him, you, and I need you to, I need you to stop for a second here. Bad, this is a bad translation. The word, the, 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 again, English, and Greek to English can, can fall apart. You here is plural, not singular. He's not, listen, I can show you in the text, I don't have time, but I can show you in the text. He's not talking to this man, he's talking to the crowd. Let, let me southern it for you. Y'all never believe unless y'all see signs and wonders. 
He's not talking, he's not saying you. This guy's, this guy's desperate. This guy's son is dying. Jesus' heart goes out to this guy. He heals his son, okay? Just like, spoiler alert, sorry. He heals his son. In this moment, Jesus is speaking to the crowd. He's, he's trying to show the difference in this text. You've got a village of outcasts who shouldn't want anything to do with Jesus, and all he has to do is give his word, and they receive him. He's got a village full of people that want to watch him work, but don't want to walk with him or worship him. Listen, just I, I want to say this before I say what I'm about to say, so that way I get less emails. I am team signs and wonders. N- name me something, name me something that God's done in the Bible in previous awakening moves of God that the Holy Spirit has done in people's life. I will take it, double it, and a side of beans. Okay, I want all of it. People are like, well, do you believe people fall? I, I look, 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 look. I want whatever God wants to do. And yet there is a posture that says, I want to watch God do something. That Jesus here <laughs> seems to condemn. Let me say it this way. Let me, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to just put it, put it on all of us. Do we demand to see the wonder before we'll sing our worship? See, I'm, 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 I'm looking for a people who rejoice at the giving of his word as much as at the fulfilling of his word. I, I'm hunting, searching, longing for a group of people that, yes, come on, come on, when God, when God answers the prayer, when God redeems the friend, when God brings back the prodigal, when God heals, when God delivers, when God reveals, when God restores, when God provides, I want a people that get up, stand up, shout, scream, jump, skip, yell, whatever. I'm, I, I, want, I want a church of those people that when God moves, we respond. But I'm, I'm dreaming, I'm desperate for a people that simply at the giving of the word, we respond that same way. That I don't got to wait to see the fulfillment of it. I know the guy who wrote the check and the check is good. So when he gives me the check, the promise of his word, I'm going to rejoice because I know there's coming a day that I get to cash the check. Y'all don't want to hear nothing. We, come on. We've got to become a people that can rejoice at his word as much as at his works. We better rejoice at his works. But how many of you have got a promise from the Lord that you're letting the promise, oh, come on, you're letting the enemy make the promise a burden because you mix the promise with religion and you think you got to do something in order to fulfill the promise. I'll keep saying this. Good week that the junior hires are out of the room. PG-13 warning. God promises Abraham and Sarah a child. What does Abraham have to do to see the fulfillment of that promise? Keep chasing his wife around the tent. 
Just stay infatuated with intimacy and the promise will come. Just, just, just don't let the fact that, well, we were intimate before, come on, and nothing happened, so never mind. I've raised my hands before. I've, I've broken the alabaster before and nothing happened. So you know what? I'm just going to, nah, never mind. It was right and good for Mary, come on, to worship because of what he has done. But I'm looking for a people who know how to worship simply because he's promised to do something. And so I'm going to keep breaking open alabaster jars, offending everybody in the room, making the room smell. Because I don't care. Because I know eventually one of these jars is going to have my answer in it. The guy who promised never fails to fulfill his promise. That's why I'm going to rejoice. Our attitude, come on, needs to shift in this. Because this type of response, I love this. The type of response of the, of the Samaritans moves, come on, the heart of God. Everything in the text seems to indicate that Jesus was just going to be there for a little bit and move on. The story before says literally, he was just going to pass through. And yet because they honored him, because they begged with him, because they pleaded, hey, you can't leave. you got to stay with us. And how many times have I gone, Lord, can you kind of cut this off because I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> oh, come on. Service is going a little long. I was, I was kind of hoping to... I was hoping Chick-fil-A wouldn't be open when the service ended. <laughs> yes, I was saying the service was going to go longer than the whole day. That was the joke, in case any of you missed it. Um, I've threatened to just like keep going and just, and just let people leave. <laughs> just see how long. People are like, preach as long as you want. I'm like, oh, we'll see how that works. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. The crowd was there to watch, but not to worship. Are we here to watch or are we here to worship? I spoke this to us before. I mean this with every, everything in me. I believe, I, I'm not, no, I am. I'm speaking prophetically. I believe there is a coming awakening happening in the very near future. This isn't like I, I, I prophesy in the year 2097. Hope there's, a, hope there's an awakening in 2097 too. That'd be great. I'll still be here, so I'm cool. Um, I'm going to be 140. I'm good. Um, so, but I believe there's an, an awakening happening. And I could, I could give you reasons. We could talk about it. If you really want to talk about it, I'm happy to talk about it. But, but I believe that. And again, this has been my heart. I hope it's your heart too. If, if an awakening is going to start somewhere, I say it starts here. This is the only church I go to. I want it to start somewhere. Mm, this, how about here? I believe this is going to happen, but, but here's the deal. I'm, when I say that, I don't mean I really hope I get to watch it. I'm not looking to watch it. I'm looking to worship my way into it. I'm looking to honor my way into it. Again, okay, come on, come on. This isn't labor. I'm not talking about doing. I'm not talking about picking up works again. No, no, come on. We're abiding. We're resting. This is all it is. I'm just honoring where he's brought us. And he's brought us to a place where we know that we are the beloved of the Father. We are abiding in Christ. We are filled with Holy Spirit. What else? Come on, come on. What else are we going to do but look to him to pour stuff out so we're going to start pouring out on him? 
Again, I have to talk to you about this. Is this just crazy to me? Acts chapter two, Peter stands up and he goes, hey, I know you guys all think we're drunk. It's not, it's the wrong time of day. Come back later. But, but what's happening up here is actually the fulfillment of prophecy. He says, this is that which the prophets foretold. And then he lists, do, do your own homework. He lists a bunch of stuff. None of it's happening. He's like, this is, this is what was told before. The people are going to prophesy. The dead are going to be raised. The sun's going to be turned to a different color. The moon's going to go to a different color. The sky's going to be dark. And everyone's looking around like, this is not that. I can plainly see that this is not that. You just have a bunch of crazy people up on a roof dancing around and screaming about how cool God is in a bunch of languages that they seem too stupid to know. This is a slight paraphrase, but it's, it's all there. Come on. But Peter was able to stand with apostolic authority and say, no, 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 this is that. So maybe I should stop saying an awakening is coming and say there's an awakening that's already begun. This is that. You go, it doesn't look like it. Okay. Just wait. But my, my, my call to us, though, as, a, as your pastor, is don't, don't wait to watch. Wait to, don't, don't wait to worship. Come on, I, I don't, I don't want to watch him work. I want to hear his word and I want to worship him. I want, to be, I want this church to be a Samaritan church, not a Galilee church. Not a church that's happy to, to go into Gage culture and oh no, we'll welcome Jesus. Even though you know, prophets aren't supposed to be welcome in their own hometown, you did enough works here, we'll welcome you here. You do enough to impress us, Jesus, and we'll welcome you in your own church. No! He said it, so I'm going to rejoice over it. He said it, so I'm going to start hunting for alabaster jars. I'm going to look for every moment and every opportunity to honor his presentness. Because, beloved, you better believe me, he's present. He's present. He's here. He's here. So I hope what you've seen is this, that, on, that, that when we honor Holy Spirit, it alters atmosphere, it, sorry, it, it alters your assessments, it deals with our judgments, amen? It transforms atmospheres, changes your attitude, captures your affection. So I want us to practice. I told us we were going we to do this during this little kind of time, look at the Holy Spirit. We're, we're going to practice. I like practicing. I like practicing, right? Like, I like practicing because, because um, <clears throat> if you suck at it, it doesn't count. But if you do good, you still get to brag about it. Right? Like, like come on, golfers. If you go, like, I'm just going to go hit a bucket of balls, and you just are horrible at it that day, you just don't talk about it. But when you like get up and you like 350, 400 yards, you tell everybody about it. So practice is great, right? If it goes well, we can brag about it. If not, it's like I'm just practicing. So let's practice. Let's practice right now honoring Holy Spirit. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with what? thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. There's a gate into his presentness and there's a keypad on it. When we moved, when we moved into our new house, um, we knew that you know, we have older kids now and, and we knew that they were going to be out and about and now I have two kids that drive so pray for yourself when you're on the road because two of my kids are driving. And um, I didn't want them to all have house keys because they all inherited my ability to lose stuff. And so I just put, a, I put one of those smart pads on my house so they can just 
punch a code in, and my kids all have a code they can punch in. And a side bonus benefit for me, I know when they come and when they go, because my phone tells me that they unlock the door. Um, it's, it's just wonderful to helicopter parent. And uh, what I'm telling you is this. There, there is a gate into the presentness of Jesus, and there's a little keypad on it. And the password is praise. The, the code to get in is gratitude. Enter his gate with what? That's not a turkey dinner. And in his courts with what? So, so, so here's how we're going to practice. We're going to praise him. We're just going to thank him. We're going we're to go back into response here in a second. We're going to take communion. We're going to have some time for contemplation. We're going we're to have some time for, to, to take communion like this. We're going to go let people pray for us. We're going to celebrate. We're just, we're just going to engage with gratitude. And when his presentness comes, we're going to honor it. We're going to acknowledge it, and we're going to honor it. You go, well, I don't, I, don't really, I, don't really, I don't really know what I should be thankful for. Okay. We honor Holy Spirit. Come on. We talked about this. This is all just review of what we already talked about. I'm just getting us ready for what he's doing. Come on. Is he doing anything in your life right now? Yeah. Then you have, you have some fuel, come on, to worship him, to honor him, to be grateful for. Maybe, maybe, come on, come on, let's be real, let's be real, let's be real. Maybe some of us in the room are going through stuff, and you're like, no, pastor, I don't see Jesus at all right now. Anybody ever been there? I got help for you. If you can't see what he's doing right now, just remember what he's done. Come on, come on. He saved you. You're alive. You're here. You made it. Come on. You're not over. It's not done. You're still kicking. You're still breathing. Everybody take a breath. Ha ha. Jesus just gave you that. Come on. What he's done. Come on. He's given us life. You say, come on, some of us have been in dark enough places, come on, who am I talking to, that I can't see what he's doing, and I've been to some dark places in my own life, I don't even remember what he's done. Come on. So, thankfully, you get a pass. You don't have to worship him. No! We can th- you can thank him for what he's promised. Come on. Come on, we, we, we honor Holy Spirit for what he's doing, for what he's done, and for what he's promised. And some of you are looking at me going like, Pastor, I don't got any promises. I mean, I like, I mean, I don't know, like, there's like a Bible full of stuff. How do I know what applies to me, what doesn't apply to me? I'll tell you my, my, just real fast before I get to one other point, like, 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 you know, you'll say like, there's a bunch of promises in the Bible. How do I know which one's for me, which one's not? I think about it like a menu. I'll take all of it and then some. That's how, that's how I order when I go order pho. They go, what do you want in it? I'm like, whatever you have in the kitchen, just put it in the bowl and I'll eat it. We worship him. We honor him. We show gratitude because of what he's doing, because of what he's done. If not that, because of what he's promised. If not that, if you can't see any of that, if you can't hear, if you're in such a dark place, come on, that you can't see, you can't remember, and you don't know, then we worship him because he's God. Because of who he is. This is why we structure our worship sets the way we do. I'm just letting you in on the back end here. It's why we always end our worship sets at the beginning of our worship with simply calling out his worthiness, his holiness, and his glory. Because, come on, if none of the other stuff has been able to connect with you with where you are, you can always stand, come on, with the song of heaven and say, holy, holy, holy. You're not like anybody else. You are worthy. You have demonstrated that worthiness. You are holy. You are worthy. So we give you all the glory and all the praise and all the renown. Come on, somebody. So let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship Jesus. I said we're going to stand to our feet. We're going to worship Jesus. We're going to practice gratitude. We're going to be happy about it. I'll take two of you. 
Two of you. I got, do I got two takers to be happy about what Jesus has, is doing, what he's done, what he's promised, and who he is? Do I got anybody excited, come on, that the scriptures promise you, come on, maybe you got a prodigal in your life that you're praying to come home. The, prom, the word promises you that if you raised up that child in the way they should go, they will not depart from it now that they're old. Come on. The, the Bible, maybe you said, no, I screwed up my kids and I totally messed them up. Great. The Bible also promises in Isaiah that your children will come back to you. Come on. That's a promise from God. Maybe you're going through something difficult in your body. Did you know that if you need healing, did you know that one of the names God chose for himself is healer? Maybe you say, I need a new job or, or I need a better job because the one I have doesn't pay enough. Did you know one of the names God chose for himself is provider? Come on, we're going to worship God for who he is. That's not a disconnected thing that doesn't, doesn't relate to our reality at all. That's a very present, real thing. Who he is, come on, changes who you are. So we're going to lift up our voices. We're going to worship Jesus. We're going to show some gratitude for all that he is and all that he's done and all that he's doing and all that he's promised. We're going to find some fuel. We're going to punch that password into that gate and we're going to step into presentness and we're going to honor his presence. While we're doing that, yes, listen, if you need prayer, go to the prayer team. They'll be over at the cross. They would love to pray with you. you got anything, if you're going through those things and you want to see God move in those areas, come on, go over, get prayer. They would love to pray for you. We're not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. I think it's right and good for us to take communion. Remember the broken body, the shed blood of Jesus as we do this. That's a good way to celebrate. It's not a religious weird thing. That's the thing Jesus gave us. We take by antiquation, take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup. We got gluten-free on the edges in case you need that. If you are grossed out by sharing a dipped cup with people or you just have seen the fingernails of people around you and you don't want to do that, we got what I lovingly refer to as Keurig communion around the back. A little pre-made you know, communion with something that they tell us is a wafer, but I think it's a packing material. And welcome. We're going to celebrate. We're going to take time to meditate. If you need to make some space, if, if you, come on, we talked about breaking that jar. If you, need to, if you need to come forward, you need to find a space to kneel. If you need to dance, if you need to lift your hands. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to talk about this because, I, I mean, I know the song, so we're good. There's a portion of the song. We're going to sing the song Gratitude because we just really wanted to be on the nose this morning. Um, there's, a, there's a part of that song where it talks about letting that lion out of your lungs. Come on. I want to encourage you to lift your voice this morning. You go, well, I don't have a very good singing voice. It's one of my favorite things about church. There's enough good voices and bad voices, and they all, when they all sing together, we call it harmony. If you see somebody look at you weird and you don't sing very good, just look at them and go, it's, it's a new harmony I'm trying out. <laughs> if you're here this morning, listen you don't know the goodness of God. I want to talk to you real fast. If you're here and you go, man, I talk about all this, like, thank God. I don't even know who God is, but I hope in what you've heard this morning, you have been stimulated to the reality of his supremacy. Let me say that less religious. I hope you've heard just how much better Jesus is than everything else. Because he is. And the ama one, of, one, of, one of the amazing things about our God is that his family is, a, is, is open to all. He's made promises, listen, exclusive to his family. 
And yet at the same time, he welcomes all, come on, to become part of his family. Not only is he welcome, but he's worked for you to become part of his family. He's done everything necessary to make provision for you to become one of his sons. The scriptures simply say that if we'll repent and believe, we will be transferred from being in the category of enemies of God to in the category of being the family of God. To repent and believe simply means to admit and abandon our sin and to embrace and entrust Jesus. So if you're here this morning and that's you, I would plead with you. I would beg with you. I would, if I could, I would spend all of my time this morning just talking one-on-one with you, trying to show you, come on, that Jesus is better than everything. That you are wasting your life and time looking for something better. He's just, he's, he's just better. So I would plead with you to repent and believe, to join the family. I don't got magic words for you to pray. I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need you to let me even know. If you want to, great, we'd love that. If you want to fill out a welcome home card, let us know that you're repenting and believing. If you want to go pray with somebody, awesome. But what I, what my greater heart for you is that you would just open your heart up to the Lord and let him do a work. So we're going to worship each and every one of us. We're going to, we're going to practice gratitude, amen? And we're excited, amen? And we're excited, amen? And all the Presbyterians said, come on, gotcha. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your thank you for, for what you are doing in our lives. Thank you that this church is alive. Thank you that you are active and your presentness is here. God, thank you for all that you have done. The, the past moves that you have done in, in this house, in our lives, in our world. God, thank you for all that you have promised. Thank you that your promises are are yes and amen. And above all that, Lord, we thank you for who you are. Simply for who you are. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for who you are. You are good and there's no one like you. You are worthy. No one does what you do. So we give you all the glory, all the praise, all the renown. You are worthy to receive honor and wealth, power and dominion, glory and honor and praise. And we joyfully give it to you now. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Come on, church, begin to open your mouth. Begin to thank him. Come on, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you.